Amen. You guys can be seated. So today we're starting a new series. It's a new series that we're calling Jesus Banner. Jesus Banner is the name of this series. We're going to talk a lot in this series about what it looks like to carry a Jesus banner above yourself. You know, a banner is a pretty interesting thing. I want to show you this picture of a marching band with a banner out in front of them. Has anybody ever been to a parade? Raise your hand if you've been to a parade before. Raise your hand if you've ever been in the parade. Any everybody ever been in a parade? A few of you. Raise your hand if you wish you could be in a parade and carry a banner just like this. Christian, of course, the guy who was up here singing. All right. Yes. Okay. So some of you have either seen a parade or been in a parade. And, you know, like if you ever watched the Macy's Parade on TV, you see this marching band marching right by Central Park, and people may be watching them or you're seeing them on TV, and you say, hmm, I wonder who this band is and where they're from. And you have these two band members, coolest job, coolest gig in the entire band besides the drum major. You get to lead everybody. You get to carry the banner. If you had one job in a high school band, what job would it be? What instrument would you want to play? Zero instrument. The banner carriers get all the attention. Everybody's like, what band? Who, who are they? I can't read. I'm trying to read what, they, what it says and who these people are because a banner very much identifies who you are and what you are about. You know, your life tells a lot about who you are. Your life, the way you live, the way you treat people, the way you talk, the way you love people, or the way you don't love people, very much is this banner, this invisible banner, kind of to say, that is above you. And you carry this invisible banner with you everywhere you go. And people don't have to be like looking up and, and maybe looking above you to read this banner of who you are, or what your life is about. People can tell who you are and what you're about by the way you live, by the way you talk. Your life is a banner of what is most important to you. Your life is a banner for who you are, who you love, who you represent. And that's why this series is called Jesus Banner because for a few weeks, we're gonna talk about what it looks like to live a life with a Jesus banner with you everywhere you go. So throughout this series, we're going to look at what life is like with this Jesus banner. If you have your Bible, I want to ask you to turn with me to Luke chapter 6. That's where we're going to be today. Luke chapter 6, verse 43 and 45. And then we're going to start skipping all over the Bible. And you can follow along with this screen on the screen with me once we get to that part. But for now, we're going to be in Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45. And I'm going to read the passage. If you need the passage, it'll be on the screen as we kind of go along. But you can follow along with me. I want to encourage you, bring your Bibles, use a Bible app on your phone. Don't always just rely on the screens for the text, but you kind of get used, get yourself used to being in God's word. I don't mind if it's on your phone or your tablet. I don't mind. Of course, I'd love for it to be in the actual, like your, like your printed Bible like that, but we use our tablets and our phones with our, with our Bible apps all the time around here. So feel free to do that. But we're in Luke chapter six, and I love this passage. We're going to read it together. And the first thing I want to say here, because we're going to go through this message quick, because I want you to spend a lot of time in C group tonight discussing this. But the first thing I want to say is this, is your banner, your invisible banner that re represents and kind of tells who you are as an individual, as a person. Your banner reflects your heart. What is in your heart, what your heart is about, is what this banner is going to show off and reflect in this world. So this is what the Bible says. It says in verse 43, this is again Luke chapter 6 verse 43, it says this, it says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. So in this passage, I have an orange here with me right here. It says that you, you cannot get 
good fruit from a bad tree. And you cannot get bad fruit or an entire crop of bad fruit from a good tree. It says good trees don't bear bad fruit. And I have an orange, and I guarantee you this orange is sweet. I tasted a or an orange from, a, from the same tree yesterday, and it was great. Okay, so you aren't going to ever get good fruit from a bad tree. A bad tree is not going to produce good, good fruit, and a good tree isn't going to produce bad fruit. That's not the way it works. And in the same way, this is what it says in verse 45, that a good man brings out good things stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings up evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Out of a good heart will come good things, and out of an evil heart will come evil things. So what does this have to do with the orange? Well, it's, it's simple, okay? The orange represents our hearts, or, or the tree represents our heart, and this orange, the fruit, represents what comes out of our hearts. So when we have good in our hearts, good comes out of us in our actions, in our life, in the life that we live in. When there's evil in us, evil comes out. You know, did you guys hear about that shooting in New Zealand where some guy went into a mosque and shot, uh, killed 49 people and there were more injuries? Did you guys hear about that this last week? What a horrible thing. You have to wonder, you have to make yourself wonder, who could go into a place of worship um, and just start shooting at random and just killing people, regardless of their age, regardless of who they are, young and old. I remember that... um, um, when a similar shooting happened here in the United States at a synagogue here in the U.S., I think it was in Pennsylvania, that somebody, a gunman went into a synagogue and started shooting that one of the persons that was killed was an elderly person that survived the Holocaust. Can you imagine surviving the Holocaust during World War II, that genocide that took place, and only to reach the end of your life at the hands of a gunman who comes into your place of worship and kills you. And you have to wonder. You have to really wonder. Think about this. And people are like, you're smart people, okay? You get good grades in school and you take hard classes. You ever wonder where that comes from? Where does that evil come from? Well, there's a lot of things that people could say. Maybe it was that they weren't loved or their upbringing. Or, you know, at the end of the day, when we have evil in our hearts, evil comes out of us. And when we have good in our hearts, good comes out of us. You're either going to get bad fruit out of your heart or you're going to get good fruit out of your heart. And that's exactly what this verse means, that you can't get good out of a bad heart or bad out of a good heart. Everything that comes out of our hearts is a banner. The fruit in our lives is a banner. Okay, It's a banner of who we are and what we love most and who we love most. Now, I have to tell you this too, okay? The Bible says that every single one of us, every single one of us in here, that our hearts are desperately wicked and that we are in desperate need of Jesus because Jesus takes our hearts. He gives us a heart transplant. So my heart, Marcus Rodriguez, who had a heart that had evil in it and desired sin in his own way, Jesus, when he saved me, when I became a disciple of his, there was this little literal heart surgery that took place where Jesus comes and I give him my life. I surrender my life. My life is crucified on the cross just like his. He takes my heart, literally takes it, I don't need my heart to be made better. I need a new heart. And so he swaps out my heart full of evil and sin, and he gives me this new heart. And this new heart that he gives me desires him. It desires his way. It desires his will. It desires for Jesus to be the banner. So here's what I'd say, is that if we don't know Jesus or have a relationship with him, not only are our hearts uh, desperately dark, but... We have no, no, there's, it's impossible. We have no desire for Jesus to be our banner. We don't want Jesus to be our banner 
when Jesus does not live inside of us and when our heart does not belong to him, we don't want his heart to be our banner. In fact, I'd even say this, that when Jesus isn't our banner, that means that we are probably our own representatives and our own banner that just, we, we want to proclaim ourselves and our own name. So instead of making Jesus the banner without Jesus in my life, Marcus wants to be the banner. Look at Marcus, look who he is and look at all that he wants to do or can do or how amazing he is or how not amazing he is, whatever that might be, you can put your name in the blank. You want to become the banner when Jesus isn't your banner, when he does not live inside of you and you don't have a relationship with him. You only desire to make yourself and your own name the banner instead of Jesus. But when Jesus is within, you want him to be the banner. Your banner definitely reflects your own heart. And everything that comes from your heart points to who you care about and who you love more than anything. Here's the second thing is that your words are a banner for your heart. The stuff that comes out of your mouth is definitely a banner that speaks to who you are. The Bible says in the same passage on the screen if you need it, it says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Ooh, can I just tell you something? Listen, uh, I, I, this is one of the scariest verses for me. I wanna tell you why. Your words, hear me out here, okay? Your words are a tattletale. Your words are a tattletale. Your speech, the things that come out of your mouth are a little tattletale. Do you remember when you were a little kid and you and your brother or sister would get in a fight, like a bad fight and your parents weren't around, they were like just ignoring you and you're doing their own thing and you were like in the room, you were talking and you would be fighting, yelling at each other, maybe even like slipping in a little like or something like that when your parents weren't looking. Or maybe like, it, it maybe some of your siblings were, siblings were super dramatic and like you'd barely like touch them and they'd be like, mom, and they'd go and then you inevitably would probably go to your parents and, or maybe when your parents weren't around, you'd be like, you're such a tattletale. You're a tattletale, right? What is a tattletale? A tattletale is somebody who points out, who's quick to point out um, what you've done, what you've said, and, and your words are a tattletale. Like we like to, hear me out here, because some of you are talking and, not, and just completely ignore me. Your words right now to your friend as you ignore me are a tattletale. Your words are a mirror. The stuff that comes out of your mouth, it'd be like I could take a mirror out of my pocket, put it right in front of you, and everything that you just said points to what is in your heart. The Bible says, God says, that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And here's what your heart might be full of and what might come out in your words. Watch this, listen to me closely, okay? What is in your heart? Is there jealousy in your heart? It is really hard to hide jealousy. If you are jealous, the words that come out of your mouth might look like you comparing yourself to other people. Well, oh, like, who do they think they are? I'm so much better. Or, oh, can you believe they were talking to that person? Or, oh, like, why do they talk like that? Why do they act like that? Or, oh, they're new here. Why do they act like they know everybody? Like, okay, that's jealousy. That's comparing yourself to another person. And your words show your jealous heart. You can't hide it. Your words are a mirror to your heart. What if your heart is full of insecurity? Like in your heart, you are like anxious and insecure about who you are as a person, your identity, and how would that come out in your words? Well, when you're insecure as a person, it's probably gonna look a lot like gossip. 
is probably going to look a lot like talking about somebody else, maybe behind their back, maybe talking bad about them to other people, and maybe in front of them you're all talking good and stuff like that. But as an insecure person, you can't help but tear other people else around you down. And you think that your words build yourself up, but you know what? Your words are a tattletale, and they're only showing everybody what is in your heart, insecurity. What if you were, your life, what if in your heart, listen to this one, listen to this, okay? What if in your heart you are filled with fear? What if your life is marked by fear? You just live in, in general, your life, you're afraid. You're afraid of what people think about you. You're afraid of that people aren't gonna like you or accept you or, or they're gonna think you don't look the right way. Whatever your fear might be, what does fear look like in your words? Oh, it's, it's really simple. Watch this, watch this, listen to me. Your fear, your fear looks like lying. Why do people lie? To protect themselves because they're afraid of the truth. Every time you lie to your mom, to your dad, to a friend, even the little white lies like where your, your friend says, oh yeah, yeah I, went, I went out of town, I went to this place and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I've been there before. That's a little white lie because you're afraid that people are gonna think whatever you think they're gonna think about you. And so lying is a mirror, it's your words being a mirror that you are full of fear. What if you are filled with anger? Well, if you're filled with anger in your heart, then your words start to look like very hateful words. You start to speak words of hate upon people. What if you are a very patient person? If you're a patient person and your heart has a lot of patience in it, a lot of patience, what do your words look like? Well, your words might look a little slower than everybody else's. And I don't mean you talking really slow like this. I mean that when you're patient, you're actually starting to think about what you say before it comes out of your mouth. And that's reflective of a patient life and a patient heart. What if you are, if you're in your heart, you have self-control? If you have self-control in your heart, then it causes you to catch words before they leave your, leave your mouth. That's what self-control might look like for you. What if you're confident? What if you are a confident person? Listen to me, listen to me. Some of you here, I know for a fact. Listen to me, listen. Some of you here, I know. I, I wanna see you grow in confidence because some of you here are not very confident. And how do I know that you're not very confident? Because you tear people around you down with your words. Because when your heart has confidence, like the kind of confidence that comes from belonging to God, you know you belong to him, um, that kind of confidence looks like this with your words. It looks like encouragement. It looks like being able to build people up. It looks like being able to, to recognize other people instead of drawing attention to yourself and lifting other people up with your words. That's what confidence looks like. And if your heart is filled with kindness, it definitely is gonna come out in the way you speak to people with your words. Our words are a banner for what is in our hearts and our words don't lie. Our words are like this mirror that point um, to what is in our hearts. Now, here's the thing, okay? If Jesus is at work, if Jesus is at work in your life, how do your words reflect what Jesus is, that Jesus is your band, okay? It's kind of an awkward question. It's a long question, okay? If Jesus is at work in your life, how do your words reflect that Jesus is your band? Before we go into that, let me just say this. I have to say this to you, okay? Um, whoop, I almost kicked it over. I have to say this to you, Okay? You and I, as followers of Jesus, we are a work in progress. Our, our words reflect what is going on in our hearts. And those of us who belong to Jesus have the opportunity to say, oh man, God, like, God, that did not reflect who I'm becoming as your follower. So I want, I want to give you that. 
I want to give you that thought. I want to give you that attitude. I want to give you that thing that I said that I would um, belong to you, that I want to surrender that to you. Okay, so we're all a work in progress. But here's the first question to ask yourself. Okay, here's number one, all right? Do your words reflect Jesus? If Jesus is your banner, do your words reflect that? Number one, um, do your words damage others or do they bring healing? When you think about your conversations with people around you, do people know you as somebody who damages others with their words or are your words healing for people around you? In Proverbs, I love this verse. It says that reckless words are like this sword, this wild sword that's just piercing people as they go. And I definitely have known people like that in my life that walk around, they don't care at all what comes out of their mouth and who they're talking to. And their words are kind of like this sword that just pierce people, just strike people all around them. The opposite of, the, opposite of that is this. It's a person who says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So do your words damage other people or do your words bring healing to people around you? If you are bringing healing to people with your words, the kind of things you say to people, then that's a good indication that Jesus is your banner. But if your words are mostly just cutting and damaging to people, then Jesus might not be the banner that you are lifting up right now. Okay, number two, do your words tear people down or do they build people up? Ephesians 4 says this, it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. And I love that phrase right there. Listen to me, don't miss this part right here. Watch this, watch this. Building others up according to their needs. In other words, you don't just go up to people and say, oh, hey, I like your jacket, or oh, hey, you, you look nice today, or oh, hey, uh, but according to their needs. That means you actually know what that person needs and who they are, and what you say to them matches what their need is. And so maybe they're really down because their parents are going through a divorce, and you know that that's really hurting them inside. And what you say to them is building them up according to the specific need that they have in their life. Maybe you have a friend who's failing and has struggled through school, just struggling academically. And what you say to them to build them up is according to that need that they have in their life. It's not just complimenting them. It's saying something specific to a need that they have in their life. Do your words tear people down or do they build people up? If I were to take five people that know you, not just your friends, but just five people that know you at your school and say, this person, this person goes to my church. Um, this person is a follower of Jesus. Um, do they tear people down? Or do they build people up? What would they say about you? What would they say about me? All right. All right. Number three, do you speak evil about others? Do you lie? Psalm 34, 12 says this. It says, whoever of you loves life and desires to see Many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling uh, lies. And so literally it says, like, if you want to see good days in your life, if you want to have days free of conflict, okay, it says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies, all right? Okay, so number four is the last one, all right? Okay, so do your words sound different or the same as the world around you? The world that doesn't know God, the world that, that could care less that Jesus that Jesus could be their banner or not. That world right there. Do your words sound different than them or do your words sound the same? Do you speak differently when you're here with Calvary students than you do at school? 
Does your language change? Are you a different person around people at different places? Do you sound different or are you the same as the world around you that doesn't know Jesus? Ephesians 5 says this, it says, but among you, listen to this. It's, it's like, to, if you say you're a follower of Jesus here, this is like directed, like directly at you. It says, but among you, there must not even be, sorry, there must not be even a hint, even a hint. And it goes down on a list. It goes like down this list, okay? And then at the end of the list, it says, not even a hint of obscenity, not even a hint of foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. It gives us three things here. It says obscenity, right? When you're at school, do people ever tell you, why, why are you different? Why don't you cuss? Do you, you think you're better than us? You think you're better because you don't, you don't say F-bombs? Or let me ask you this. Do, do you on purpose say certain words so that you fit in with the crowd around you? See, who's your banner? Who's your banner? Are you your own banner? Or is Jesus your banner? Uh, foolish talk. This is one of the things that aggravated me the most when I was in middle school and high school was the way that guys talked about girls. And I always wished when I was growing up that I was a bigger person, that I was stronger, that I could stand up more for uh, people that were getting talked about because when I was in high school, I was a little itty bitty guy, all right? I graduated from high school and there are some of you girls here that are taller and probably stronger than me when I was 18 years old, all right? And so I was just a little itty bitty guy. But I'd hear, I remember, I remember a few guys just going up to girls and not just talking about girls, but to their face saying some of the ugliest things that somebody could ever say to a girl. And I hated that, okay? In your circle, the guys that are here, in your circles, the guys that you run with at your school, wherever you are, are you a guy who laughs and participates in joking about girls in crude and ugly joking, the things that they say about um, the opposite sex? Are you a part of that? Do you laugh at that? Or are you the kind of guy that actually is, is bold enough to stand there and say, I don't really care what you think about me. Jesus is my banner and I know what he thinks about me. And I just want you to know, you can't, you can't talk about that girl like that, or I'm not okay with you talking about that girl like that. You see, that's what makes you different. When Jesus is your banner, things are just, they're just different. What about you girls? Girls, hey, listen, some of you girls, and guys do it too. I'm not gonna stereotype girls, okay? Talking about other people behind their back, talking just, just constant, just this chatter, this gossip that goes on, and it's, 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 it's drama, right? And it's not just girls. I'm not gonna stereotype the girls here. Not just girls, but this drama that goes on, people don't know about, and it's just, you just kind of feed it because you think it's like, it's just exciting, and maybe you're just kind of bored, and you just, it's just fun to add to the fire of gossip, and you just add to it, and add to it, and add to it, and you can do that over and over again, and are you the type of girl that is willing to stand up and say, I'm not going to talk bad about that girl. If that girl needs something, I'm here for her. I'll pray for her. I'll be here for her. I'll encourage her. I'll lift her up. Listen, that's what makes us different from the world when Jesus is our banner, all right? Okay, last thing we're getting out of here, okay? Titus 2 says this. It says, similarly, encourage the young men. This is for girls too. It says, encourage uh, the young men to be self-controlled. And now, so here's the thing. I, I, at least for the guys, it's for the girls too, but specifically this verse talks about guys. It says, look, this is your aim as a young guy. Your aim is to learn self-control to learn how to control yourself, 
to control what is specifically right now in this passage, to control what is coming out of your mouth before it comes out of your mouth. And a lot of times I think of our words like this baseball right here. I think of our words like this baseball and if this baseball represented a word that was in my mind or not even just a word, but an actual phrase or a sentence that was in my mind. And as it comes to my mind, it is going to exit out of my mouth and be hurled at somebody here as fast as I can say it. And some of us, are, our words definitely are like this. Our words come out of our mouths as fast as we can throw them and they hurt people. They hurt people. They come from our mind, come out of our mouth, they hit people, they hurt people all around us. And, and some of us here, we, we have like this fast pitch mode of baseballs coming out of our mouths as fast as we can say them. Just mowing people down with your words all over the place. And this is what self-control looks like. Self-control would be like a, a, a word, like this baseball, exiting your mouth. And before it exits your mouth or as it's exiting your mouth, self-control literally looks like catching it before it reaches the, the, the person you're directing it to. That's what self-control looks like. Maybe some of you felt that before. Maybe some of you have stood there in front of your mom and you've said, man, I really want to say this to my mom right now. And it's in your mind and it's in your heart. And you know that if it was about to leave your mouth, that your mom would probably ground you for a week and say, um, te voy a colgar, or I'm going to hang you, okay? So you know that your mom might say that to you and you're just standing there like, and your mom is like, go ahead, mijo. Say it, say it. I know what you're thinking. Say it, mijo. I dare you. I dare you. I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. And you're like, mama. Okay. But at that moment, you're kind of trying to exercise self-control. That'd be like a baseball that's about to come out of your mouth and you catch it as you throw it. I think to myself that it's really hard to throw a baseball and catch it at the same time. That it'd be really hard to throw a baseball and catch it before it actually gets to where you're going. In fact, uh, you just saw me do it two times, but I guarantee you this, that if I coiled up like this and are actually to throw it as fast as I can and try to catch it as it's leaving my hand as fast as I can, that I would not be able to catch this baseball throwing it as fast as I can. Listen, some of us here cannot self-control, catch the words coming out of our mouths because they are constantly throwing them as fast as we can. In other words, we are talking before we think about what we're saying. And Jesus says, when I'm your banner, I'm gonna teach you self-control and you're actually gonna be able to catch words before they get hurled at somebody out of your mouth so that they're not doing damage to the people around you. So in, in all like reality, the goal here is this. It's that when Jesus is our banner, self-control becomes this thing that we start to learn. It starts to become a part of our hearts. You know, I had somebody recently, um, I, I had somebody much older than me recently on me about something just really ugly to me, right to my face. I just smiled. I said, Jesus, you, you are my banner and I want to represent you well today. And I just smiled and I, and I just responded in gentleness. It's almost like as they got more angry, I was just gonna be more gentle. And that's not me because I was thinking about 20 things I could have said. So Jesus, I just wanna represent you well today. This person was coming down on me, getting more angry. And I was just like taking it down a notch every single moment I could. And then like the situation ended, the person left. And then another guy that was with me, he said to me, Man, I have no idea how you just did that. I wanted to step in and say this and that. And I just said to him, you know, I know, I know. I, I, 
My Marcus's old heart, my flesh wants that too. But when Jesus is my banner, self-control becomes this thing that I begin to be able to make a reality. Listen, some of you here, your words don't point to Jesus as a banner. The way you talk to your mama and papa at home, that does not point to the way that to Jesus being your banner. The way you talk about your friends or to your friends, maybe that does that point to Jesus as your banner. All right? So here's the deal. Today we talked about how our speech points to our banner, Jesus. And as the weeks go by, we're going to keep adding on to what that banner looks like. But today, speech. What is in your heart comes out your mouth. Let's pray. God, I just want to thank you so much for our time together. God, I will be the first to admit that, um, Lord, I, I, I still struggle sometimes, God, with the things that come out of my mouth and how I know that they don't, they don't honor you, God. Um, and Lord, I, I'm asking you um, to continue working in my heart, continue working in our hearts that our speech would point to you, Jesus, as our banner. Uh, we need your help. Would you grow us in this? God, we're a work in progress. And I pray that as, as, as the days and the weeks go by, that we would see more and more your strengthening, giving us self-control in what comes out of our mouths and the way we talk to people around us. Lord, we love you. And as we go to C group time now, um, I am asking God that you um, would uh, just give us a, a, just a great time of sharing together as we consider tonight's message. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right. So I'm going to dismiss you guys to C group time. And as you, as you go to C group time, um, I'd like for you to spend some time talking about the orange. Okay, two things. The orange. Um, what is in your heart? And does your heart belong to Jesus? And is there good fruit coming out of your heart? And after you talk about the orange, talk about the baseball. Have you yet developed or do you feel like you're developing self-control and that your words point to Jesus as your banner. So you got the orange and the baseball to talk about. Now we're gonna try, I'm gonna try to point out C group spaces because we're gonna set up C groups in here. And um, uh, we're, I'm still kind of learning this, okay? So Eli's gonna help me if I forget a space, okay? So middle, I'm sorry, uh, 11th and 12th grade girls, you're gonna meet up on this front row, okay? And you can use the front pew and the steps up here in the front to meet. You can divide up into two groups like you do sometimes if you want. If you are in middle school, middle school girls, um, you are going to meet on this side in the front. And I know you all sometimes split into two groups. So if you want to, you can use the hallway outside here right by the boys' bathroom if you need to split into two groups. But you're right here, okay, middle school girls, high school, 11th, 12th grade girls. Okay, uh, middle school guys, okay, with Josh and Thomas, you are taking the back corner over there by that stairway or the hallway. Yeah, so downstairs, not upstairs. But the two back corners, Thomas and Josh's groups, um, downstairs the back two corners, okay? If you are an 11th and 12th grade guy, you guys are up in the balcony with Josh and Eli Valle, okay? So if you're an 11th and 12th grade guy, you're up in the balcony. 9th and 10th grade girls, that's Jackie's group. Uh, you are in the foyer, okay? Just right outside the doors there on the, in the foyer. And Liz is out today. She wasn't well. So all those 9th and 10th grade groups, including Liz's group, are together with Jackie today, okay? Um, and then we have 9th and 10th grade guys. You guys are meeting in the ushers room, okay? That you go out these doors right here and go to the right, and Eli Garza will be there um, in the ushers room. 
And let's see, Eli, am I missing any groups? Um, is that everybody? All nine groups? Okay. Uh, C group leaders, did I not call out your group or anything like that? We good? Okay. Awesome. Okay, great. So if you need help finding that group, we'll take a few minutes. We, we finished a little early today so you can get a little time to find your groups as needed. And after you finish your C group time, you're dismissed to go. One more thing, okay? Let me say this really quick. Um, C groups are not optional, okay? You're not forced to say anything in your C group, but you are forced to sit there until our night is over, okay? You are mine until eight o'clock unless your parents come by earlier to get you, okay? So once you check in at the check-in station on the iPad, you're here till eight o'clock, okay? And then after eight o'clock, you're free to leave or when your C groups dismiss, okay? You got me, yeah? All right, so no wandering around outside and we're good, all right? Okay, so here's the other, one more thing, okay? I know some of you were a little confused today. You were like, oh, where do I do? Where do I go? And like you checked in, but then you were like, uh, okay, I guess. So listen, when you check in here, if you get here at 6.15, 6.30, whenever you get here, just check in in the hallway and then come in here, come hang out, come talk, come stand around and talk with your friends and hang out in here. Um, here's the thing I don't want you to do, okay? I don't want you to check in and then go outside and just walk around until we start, okay? I don't want you to do that. Once, you, once you're here, once you're checked in, you're here until we finish at eight o'clock and that's just kind of a new habit we're gonna get into here, okay? All right, love you guys. Enjoy your C groups, have some good, yeah, yeah, what's up? Oh yeah, 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 thank you. Okay, next week we are having a special night and so next week when you come, you're gonna see us on the lawn right next door, okay? So when you get here next Wednesday night, just go outside, you'll see us outside, just come hang out with us on the lawn, kind of like we do for um, uh, Friendsgiving. Yep, it's kind of like we do for Friendsgiving. Come see us out on the lawn next Wednesday night. We'll have a great time out there together. Uh, bring some rec clothes to play in, okay? All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. See you. Oh, you got one more, Eli? Say again? Oh, thank you, man. Dude, you should just be the youth pastor, bro. Okay? Whoa, they're taped together. Never mind. I was going to pick one up. Hey, guys, look at this. All right. <laughs> All right, so, hey, listen. You guys uh, received one of these coin banks. If you didn't get a coin bank, let me know, and we'll give you one tonight. We have a lot of extras. Um, I want every single person to fill one of these up. Just fill it up with whatever loose change you have around your house. These are due back on March the 31st. Not this Sunday, but the next Sunday. And listen, the, a lot of people in church have said, hey, how are the youth, how are the youths participating? I made that. How are the youths participating in the building project, okay? And I'm saying, oh, they're filling these little things up with coins and bringing them back, all right? So if you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, I don't really want you in the next youth building. No, I'm just kidding, okay? Just totally kidding. Strike that from the record, okay? All right? But seriously, you better fill this thing up and bring it back with some coins, okay? I don't care. I don't care if there are 200 pennies in this thing. You bring this thing filled with coins, and, you, and then that will get you access into the new building, okay, when it's done, all right? Raise your hand if you don't have one of these boxes, and I can give you one tonight. Anybody? Or if you need another one. Anybody? Raise your hand. Come on. Anybody need a box? I, I know some of you don't have a box, okay? All right. So uh, come by. Come up to the front, and I'll give you one of these boxes to take home, okay? All right. Eli, do I have any other announcements? Okay. Thanks, man. Okay. Enjoy C group time. Bye. <laughs>